0: Everyone and thanks for listening in.
1: Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host Tim Davis,
0: and I'm his co-host Alyssa.
1: Let's meet our guest today.
2: Hi, I'm Cassidy Trout. Thanks for having me.
1: Cool, Cassidy. What do you and your husband do?
2: My husband and I own a mobile diesel repair shop in Sherwood, Oregon. So we service everywhere from Vancouver down to Eugene.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we like to just dive right in. Uh, where did you grow up? What childhood looked like?
2: I grew up in Bakersfield, California, all oil and agriculture down there. So, you know, we grew up in a lot of FFA and oil filled workers and just really rule America. There you go. Home of Buck Owens. (laughs) There you go. Home of
1: Buck Owens. There you go. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then uh, what was elementary school, middle school, that type of stuff? What was that like for you?
2: Yeah. You know, I grew up in a large blended family. My parents were divorced whenever I was young, but luckily they always were very kind to each other and always lived within walking distance for us kids so we could walk back and forth. I went to the same elementary, middle school, high school um, my whole life. I made a lot of really good friends, had a lot of amazing teachers and FFA advisors and, you know, 4-H Those programs, I think, help build you and grow you into a leader, and I was Mm. just blessed to have a lot of those experiences. Yeah, Yeah, that's got to be a big contrast for you as
0: far as schooling, right? You Uh, went to the same schools, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, I I went to 21 different, uh, uh, I moved 21 different times, which was probably about 16 different schools, so yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Lots. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we've lived in our home since uh, Alyssa was in second grade, and she's now coming up on 25, so I was able to at least provide stability for, for them that maybe I didn't have when I was young. So That's great. Yeah. It's
2: important to have some stability. And, you know, even in craziness of divorced families and mm-hmm. all of that, you know, I was lucky that my family was able to keep that stability. And my family is a little bit strange because I have my dad is actually my step dad, Mm -hmm. adopted dad. My biological father was not around as much growing up. He Mm. was in and out of prison a lot, had a lot of addiction issues. So I I was exposed to a lot of that stuff as a Mm. young child. You know, I saw what I wanted to be and aspired to be. And then also what I didn't want to be and didn't want to
0: aspire to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Both have tremendous opportunity for for improvement. Right?
0: I think that's a lot of the things you learn from as a kid from a parent, right? You have things you're going to apply in the future and things that you would not apply in the future. And so absolutely. both of those are valuable pieces of information though. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, you're growing up, uh, FFA, did you have a favorite category or animal or something like yeah, that?
2: Yeah. So I started with 4-H whenever I was nine showing lambs, okay. um, my Best friend's mom was our FFA leader, and I pretty much grew out that grew up out there on their farm. So I've been showing lamb since I was nine, um, and then I. Ventured out and showed a pig one year, and that Whoa. that was an interesting experience. <laughs> that was you're a one like, time, I think
1: I'll stick with lambs. Stick yeah. with <laughs> lambs.
2: <laughs> and then I did goats, and that was fun too. I didn't realize how smart goats are. We could teach them to sit and shake, and they were great. Oh, wow!
1: See, I learned something right there. What do you know? Smart. Yeah. So you are going through middle school, high school? What was uh, any other interest y- you had? Uh, you know, hobbies during um, high school?
2: I. I always uh, rode horses. I rode barrels and did team pinning. My grandpa was world champion team pinner. So we had some really good, you know, advice and training on that. Um, I was pretty involved in middle school in student body. I was secretary and, you you know, learned a lot. There was a lot of experiences that I don't think I realized at the time were so important. But now as an adult with children of my own that mm-hmm. age, I realize how valuable those experiences mm. are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we often ask, like, uh, what was the first thing that you found passion for? But I assume it was animals and FFA.
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely. I've always been passionate about animals and, you know, really just striving
0: to do the best that I could do and push myself and push them. And oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So for those who maybe don't know and listening, I mean, the context will give you some answer, but what does FFA stand for?
2: FFA is Future Farmers of America. And, you know, they do more than just farming because most people don't realize, but agriculture touches everything that we do from our cosmetics to our vehicles. Everything, you know, derives from some sort of agriculture. And so we really teach the kids that You don't have to be out there working in the fields. There's also sales. There's politics. There's so many different things that go into making agriculture successful.
0: Yeah. That's something we – when we started doing some, like, video games and, like, eSports with our programs, something a lot of people don't understand is that it's not just – the person who's playing video games and as far as competitive sports goes it's the people who, there's there's announcers like there is on ESPN there's people who are writing scripts there's people who are doing the videos and so there's a lot to it as well as you know you can have interest in something and not maybe they're not the best at showing the lambs right but they want to be a part of like the setup or the planning and there's just like so many cool jobs within different areas of interest that we don't think about exactly
1: yeah and, and even within esports or farming you still have media and other things right because you need to share your message you need to Engage in, in media so you know what you can charge for your corn or your lambs or whatever mm-hmm. that is, right? So, yeah, and you just never know, right? So, I mean, esports is going to be an Olympic sport. Uh, you know, more people watch that than any other sport on the planet, so yeah,
2: yeah. I've got teenage boys, so video games are prominent. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <you go>. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome,
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, um, let's see, so, uh, you're investing in our community i know you to be you know uh an articulate passionate person in our community and uh you're currently running for school board correct
2: i am yeah threw my yeah. hat in the ring <laughs> there
1: you go right somebody had to do it so, that's right yeah so maybe tell us just briefly a little bit about that you know why and whatever
2: Yeah, you know, I've always been really involved in my kids' education. Ever since kindergarten, I've always volunteered. I've always, you know, helped read and help cut out the stars and make the (laughs) copies. And I was always really welcomed and accepted and, you know, appreciated. And then whenever my son last year got into high school and he started getting some assignments that I didn't quite understand the reasoning behind, I reached out and started asking questions. You know, how is this stuff Chosen. How do we get all of these extra assignments? Because it wasn't on the syllabus. And I was sent to an assistant principal and I asked, you know, is there any parental oversight? Are there any committees? Is there, you know, any input from the community? And the assistant principal told me that we should leave the education to those who were educated. And my first thought was... (laughs) You don't know me. You don't know my education level. Doctors are parents. Lawyers are parents. Engineers are parents. Parents are educated. So what the heck is going on with our admin that they think parents do not belong in their kids' education?
0: Right. And
2: I just kept going from there and I, have you know, spent a majority of my time focusing on their extracurriculars and I've joined the booster club board and spend way more time on campus than I'm sure my son would like me <laughs> to spend his friends saying oh do you work here I'm, no I don't work here I'm just here all the time right but you know it's really important to be involved in your kids education and I've noticed a lot of parents that aren't. They've kind of backed away. You know, even parent-teacher conferences, there's maybe four or five other families there, and that's it. And I'm just thinking, what's going on in our community that parents are not as invested in what their children are learning?
1: Right. Yeah. And and there's, I mean, I'm, you know, there's, there's never a, a one reason, right? But uh, certainly our culture is making us, or not making us, we're allowing us to be busier, right? And uh, less focus. I read somewhere, I think that average parent spends about 58 seconds a day with uninterrupted time with their kid. And so, uh, I mean, I wasn't a perfect parent, but I'm not the brightest guy in the room, but I know that ain't a good recipe, right? And so, yeah, like you, I was a parent-teacher club president and, you know, and and volunteered. And, and uh, I, I mean, listen, I've done a lot of cool things, but best two things I've ever done on this planet is my two kids, you know? And so I couldn't imagine not being, no, I think I gave them, you know, leverage and opportunity. I wasn't like hovering or whatever, but, but at the same time, we need to know what's going on and, and, uh, if they need help in those areas at schools, I raised lots of money and did lots of things to help, you know, that type of thing. So I think that's, that's it. for our listeners. If you're a parent, uh, at least get involved, attend a couple of parent teacher club pre- meetings, you know, If a your year. school has
2: them. A lot of schools don't even have them anymore. So luckily at McKay, where my oldest goes, we've actually just started a parent advisory council. So that's, you know, got the bowl Ball rolling, and hopefully, we'll get a lot of participation with that. But it needs to be happening all over. And, you know, parents don't need to just be involved in the academic aspects of their kids' lives. They need to be involved in the emotional, the social, all of the areas. Parents need to be there, and kids need their parents there. As much as our kids say, No, mom, don't come. It's embarrassing. Don't hug me. Don't do this. You know, later on, they're going to really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd agree. I think that – and as much as uh, we all think we know everything at at 15, 16, and 17, it turns out we didn't. And I tell people all the time, I said, your IQ – will go up in your kids' eyes, maybe around their mid-20s. <laughs> maybe right. thing wasn't so everything wasn't so cut and dried, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And
2: you realize whenever you're older and have kids that maybe the way that you felt your parents were disciplining you or treating you or talking to you wasn't how you perceived it. And you're older. You realize, oh, okay, my parents did these things good. Maybe they didn't do these things so good, but I can do better at those. And we uh, learn.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. our parents
2: were just learning, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, before, uh, the, the show started, we were talking off mic about, um, the percentage of voters, right? And so, and we're saying, regardless of how you would want to plan to vote, uh, if you live in America, y- you should vote. I mean, that's really what a, at a core of what America is. And you were stating some statistics were coming up on what the election is next week, 11 days away, 11 days away. And, uh. And people still need to get out and vote,
2: right? Absolutely. You the know? ballots have not quite been returned yet. We're at less than 6% of ballots returned so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening, uh, turn your turn signal on. If you're in your car, turn around, go back to your house, fill out your ballot, and drop it off. <laughs> and tell your boss to call me, and I'll give you an excuse for being late.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they will appreciate because it later Because I have on.
1: that authority. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Um yeah, so you put your hat in the ring and uh it's it's not an easy thing uh when we try to move cheese on a table uh some people get offended and I know that it's not it's not easy uh no matter what side of any issue we're at people people can get pretty vocal and so yeah.
2: Absolutely, and I think that the biggest thing that people need to remember is these are our children's education and lives we It has nothing to do with politics. It doesn't have anything to do with who you voted for, president, governor, anything like that. We just need to make sure that our kids are getting educated so they can all be successful, happy adults in our community later on.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're looking at our the numbers and how we compare in the nation and all that we we've definitely got some some areas we need to be improving on, so absolutely,
2: yeah. especially our reading scores we need to help our kids read,
1: yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always tell people, like, the, re- the reason why reading is so important, especially in the educational system that we have set up right now, which is how we have to function because it's like this is the system, right? And so you re- you're learning to read because then for the next 18 years you're reading to learn, and if you can't read, then you're not going to be able to learn in the system that we've set up, right? And so that's why it's so important, especially really early, because you're going to use those reading skills until you graduate high school at least, if, if not in the future. Exactly. I
2: feel like the more you read— more enjoyable it is the better you get at it the more you understand the quicker you get and you know it's just not something that our kids are being taught to enjoy reading and enjoy learning right i mean
0: it's a lot more fun doing things that you're good at than things that you're not good at right so for the same reason that i didn't like doing my math homework but i like playing video games or you like riding your scooter and stuff like Mm -hmm. that you know it's like i'm good at it so it's easy
1: right yeah 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 um what uh what would you say one of the Bigger challenges you're, you have these days in, in your life could be personal, could be, you know, uh, what you're doing for running for school
2: district or whatever. Oh, man, I would say raising three teenage boys right now mm-hmm. in this day and age with the onslaught of Internet and material that's being thrown at them and just – everything going on in our world and our culture, it's scary. I'm lucky that my boys have been taught from a young age to be strong in their beliefs and their values and to stand up for, you know, what they believe in. But it's tough. It is tough. But I really believe that our kids were born at this time for these reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I talked yesterday at an event about how, like, so much of the information, like you're talking about, there's a lot of it, right? And it's getting pretty much chosen for us, especially you scroll through Facebook and see different ads because it's getting chosen differently for each of us, right? And so it's kind of crazy. That's why it's so important to have your values because a lot of the information you're going to get isn't something you can have control over if you have control over how you like process that information absolutely you know and they're bombarded with it everywhere from mm-hmm. the billboards
2: on the streets to like you said the internet and the things that they're watching the ads that they're getting mm-hmm. and now i mean we can't always be so sure that they're not getting things that are inappropriate school and even if it's not in the curriculum what are their peers yeah sh- exposing them to
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yep yeah some things uh never change right and then the ways that things are happening have changed but uh some of those challenges are are still core to to what a, a previous generation did and there's new stuff that uh this generation is having to work through you know so
2: absolutely
1: yeah 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 um how about like uh you know you look at the way your day and week and that type of stuff rolls what's uh what's something that you do maybe as a rhythm or a routine that, that you find is good for you as a mom or a parent or a leader or a business owner? Yeah. so
2: Um, You know, I work from home. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm constantly doing is working. I have a break from work and I got to get laundry in, I got to sweep my floors. I got to feed the chickens. I got to do this and that. But I have made sure that I make time for my kids to have those one-on-one conversations, ask them about their day, ask them what they learned. You know, I make sure that I pick them up from school, that I drop them off. I get a little bit of help dropping my daughter off because she goes to school out in Staten, which is pretty far. But I have to make sure that I'm making that time for them because – that's whenever they tell you what's going on in their lives. And if we don't ask them the questions, they're not going to volunteer it. <laughs> no, especially
1: yeah. especially not as boys, right? And so um, uh, this is the uh, unsolicited parental advice that our listeners are going to get right now because it's uh, I got the microphone. So, um, But sometimes it just takes time for boys to share with you. It's like, hey, how'd your day? Fine, right? Oh, well, what'd you guys do? Not much, you know. And uh, I can remember when I was so I have a son and a daughter, and and they are different. <laughs> they're they're very similar in a lot of ways, but they're they're different. And so I can remember laying on a bed in maybe late elementary school, you know, and and just throwing a ball off the ceiling as we're both just staring at the ceiling, you know. And about ten minutes into that, then can start sharing about your day. So I would, my encouragement to parents would be just to be patient. Uh, uh, Girls are typically uh, better or e- or maybe easier for them to share and process what their day was looking like, but uh, not not everybody's the same.
2: Yeah, right? there's a difference between prying and asking questions, mm-hmm. keeping on and asking. You know, well, how 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 was your day at school? It was school. What'd you have for lunch? I don't remember. You know, you just got
0: to give them time and ask them again. Well, yeah, and plus, and, and especially our American culture, from what I understand, it's like the classic, "Hey, how are you? Good. How are you?" Like they're trained to just blow over it really quick and not even answer, honestly, anyway, you know? Same thing, it happens all the time at any event you go to. It's like, how are you? And even if you're horrible, it's like, yeah, I'm good, how are you? (laughs) You know? It just comes out of our mouths, like, so quickly. And so, it's just, um, my... A youth pastor was um one of my youth pastors was from Brazil and a lot of their culture is like you say no three times before you actually say yes. And so you have to ask them over and over and over again before they'll be like, "Okay, yeah." And it's the same thing sometimes kids, especially kids who are more anxious or more introverted, like it is that third or fourth time asking and like not crying but like having the opportunity for them to share that they feel comfortable and so. I Absolutely. totally agree with what you guys are saying.
2: And Kids are different day to day, Mm -hmm. especially teenagers. One day they're angsty and moody and you're their (laughs) most hated person in the world. And the next day they just need a hug from you and need to know that you're there for them no matter what. So, you know, you just got to stick in there and push (laughs) through and realize that your kids are going to love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if they don't tell you that they don't like you sometimes, then maybe you're not doing the right things all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good um what would you let's see I, Oh, one one point on that would be you know to parents maybe even consider having your kids or or you take personality assessments you know um it, uh my my daughter and me are very similar, and my wife and my son are very similar and so uh it, it was unique to me. Like for me being on time is like, oh, the meeting's at eight. I'm there by 759. We're good. Right. But for our son needs to, you know, in elementary school, early, early elementary school, it was, uh, he needs to be not just at school, but in, in the room with his jacket hung up and pre- prepared at his desk. Right. Otherwise it was anxious for them. And so I can't force my personality style onto him. And so we, I did some parental assessment on that stuff and that helped me because I I shifted to getting to school 10 minutes before it started and because that lowered that anxiety you know and that type of stuff for him I don't think we called it anxiety back then but you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know we've got
2: a blended family with five kids and they are all so different. Yeah. They are into different activities, different sports, different interests, and it's fun and it keeps us busy and running all over the place. But you know, that's so true is every single one of them needs to be interacted with differently and they need different things from their parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: One of the questions we like to ask that I'm going to ask a different version of is um, usually we ask what's an idea that you like stole or ripped off, which maybe we'll ask you later. But something I like to ask, especially for parents, is what's something that you've learned from your kids? Oh, man. Patience.
2: Hmm. Patience. You know, my kids show patience for me all the time because I'm I'm not a perfect mom. I make mistakes, too. And I tell them I'm learning. I'm sorry if I did that wrong you know, please help me grow and I'll help you grow and we'll do this together. But I've, you know, really learned that my kids are pretty patient when they want to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think uh, that's also important that uh, we we show uh, authenticity or reality to our kids, like that there's times when actually dad is just stressed out. It's been a a busy day with some maybe – uh, difficult stuff to to work through. And it's okay for them to also understand because those those things will happen for, for them, right? That I'm not perfect and, uh, and neither is their mom or dad and, you know, and so on. But I think as parents, we don't want to show that, you know, but I think it's important to at least expose that, whether it's say, you know what, actually financially right now, it's a tough year, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, Uh, you know, you may not be able to get that Breed Love guitar this year or or whatever that is, right? But but I wish we could, you know? Exactly.
2: (laughs) You know, sometimes helping your kids understand why you're making the decisions that you're making. You know, because kids – I remember being a kid and my parents telling me, no, you can't do that. And me just thinking, well – why they, you know, there's no reason behind it. They just want me to have a horrible day. That's why, you know, so I try, you know, whenever the time is there and I feel it needs to be done to explain why I'm saying no or why the answer is to this. And now that doesn't always mean that they get the full answer all the time. Sometimes it's no because
0: I said so. But and I think those times that you explained why not only is one that's super important for them to be able to apply those like thinking processes to other things. That's how they can make decisions better in the future. But it also lets them know that like likely if you're making the no because I said so decision, there's probably a reason why. Because you've explained other times that there is reasons why it's not just because I'm mad or because I hate you or I want you to have a bad day, you know? Exactly. It's like you know that there's probably a good reason behind what they're saying because they usually spend that time to explain it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sometimes the – no, I, I don't think you heard me. Oh, actually, I did. I've, I've, I, We've talked about it several times and I'm still going to take the position I'm taking. <laughs>
2: <right>? and, <laughs> and you'll understand whenever you're older, I yeah, hope, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean there's – you know, anyway, yeah, enough about that, right? When it comes to what you're doing in the community, what other aspirations, goals, what would you like to, you know, an opportunity to share with people? You, you know?
2: know, my biggest goal and aspiration, I would say, is to just. Get the community educated on what's happening and what's not happening in our schools. You know, the lack of academics that we have going on, the lowering of standards constantly, the lowering of behavioral expectations, Mm. all of it. Our community doesn't realize that our children aren't getting the same school experience that we got. 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I think that that's one of the things that parents think the most is, oh, my kids are having a great experience in high school, the same experience I got. And it's completely different. So I just really hope that we can continue educating the community and getting them involved. And I mean, honestly, getting some butts in the stands for events and showing our kids some support because football games are, you know, pretty sad. There's not always the people in the stands, and Mm. we really need to show up for our community.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It, how about if there's, if people want to reach out to you, how how would they get in touch with you?
2: Well, you can reach out to me through my campaign website, which is com, And it's spelled a little bit different. It's C-A-S-I-T-Y for schools.com. Um, yeah, a, a little different of a name, but yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it being mispronounced. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm very receptive. And I really want to hear from Everybody in the community, whether we agree on things or disagree on things, I think we need to have conversations again. And that's how we fix our community because we might not agree on everything. But one thing we can agree on is that we want all of our students in our district to grow to be successful, happy
0: adults. Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. Yeah, well, Cassidy, thanks so much for sharing. You know, some of your busy schedule with us. Uh, we appreciate you carving out the time, and uh, I think you got some things to say to yeah, our listeners. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah,
0: thank you, Cassidy, for being here, and then thank you for our listeners. Whether you're listening to us live on KSLM every Saturday at 11 a.m., or you're finding us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, thank you for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.